listening to the Sunday Sports Wrap. I'm Lisa Johnson with me, Stuart Maurice and Hamish Solomons. And a few. Oh, that is magnificent. The captain herself has moved and dived and caught it in a left. Well, the Women's World Cup is currently on in earnest over in England, and I have to say it's been some fantastic cricket so far. There have been some really terrific games. Australia have played two and come away with two wins. First up against the West Indies, the West Indies 204 all out. Hayley Matthews 46, Stefani Taylor 45, Elise Perry 3 for 47 and Kristen Beams 2 for 30. In reply, Australia did it in a canter. Two for 208 after 38.1 overs. Nicole Bolton, 107 not out. And Beth Mooney, 70. Boys, did you see the game? I saw the West Indies innings. Yep. And um, yeah, they, they started well against Australia, but um, Stefani Taylor and um, Hayley Matthews, Hayley Matthews mm-hmm. gave them a bit of a hiding there for a while. It, once they got hold of those and got them out, it was all over. If they had a stuck around, it might have made it a little bit more difficult for the Australians. Yeah. But they just nagged away at that length that they bowl and eventually they just got themselves out really yeah well Stefani Taylor came in at number four you know a bit about a aim do you think that's too low I think it is personally yeah look teams like the West Indies and Sri Lanka just don't have the depth to compete against um, your Australia and New Zealand and England's and, and maybe India now so I think you know your bigger players your, your big gun players they need to be getting as much opportunity mm. as possible. I think she does need to come in earlier. Yeah. Maybe they're just protecting her a little bit yeah, from the new ball. So I was thinking, just trying and to knock the shine off it a little bit. Yeah, and, and it's not the worst tactic in the world because as long as she still gets to bat for 30, 40 overs, then that's enough to, to knock out mm. a really big score. But, mm. you know, you, you do need... And I suppose that's what they're, they're hoping from Hayley Matthews, who yeah. is opening the batting, yeah. is to, to be there. And, and hopefully those two get together and, and put together really big um, partnerships. Yeah, Hayley Matthews is an absolutely bright star of the future. Bit of controversy at the toss. Yes. <laughs> have, you, have you guys ever seen anything like it before? Uh, I thought um, Meg Lanning was a bit out of line. Did you? Stefani Taylor said, well, Bo, I'll bat. Oh, no, she was, well, one way. But it was just like she made a mistake. So she, she, yeah. But at the toss, so she said when the coin went up, we'll bat. And then when she was interviewed, she said, oh, we'll bowl. Uh, we'll bat. No, we'll bowl. <laughs> and you could tell that Meg Lanning had already thought that they'd chosen to bat because when she was then interviewed, she said, well, we were going to bowl anyway. Mm. And so that's when the match <laughs> referee stepped in and said, no, you've got to go with the first thing you called. Well, so Meg stuck to a gun. So I don't think she was out of line yeah. at all. Actually, that's it was what qu- your captain ha- needs to do. It was quite amusing on, uh, on Backpage on Fox Sports the other night where um, I was speaking about this issue. Mm. And Kerry O'Keefe chimed in. He said there was incident. He said, I'm not really sure if it really happened, but this is what they say, the Adelaide Oval. Uh, Greg Chappell was at the toss with um, whatever side they're playing against. Chappell won the toss. It was at 40 degrees, flat track, absolute batting additions. And Chappell says, you guys can bat after us. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, look, Stefani would have known what she was going to do you know, yeah. well before the toss, I think she just muddled herself yeah. up, yeah. and um, uh, you know whether there's a little bit of understanding there, or or you, you're a stickler for for the rules. But I suppose cricket is, like we said, one of those games where yep. rules are rules. Yep. Speaking of Stefani Taylor, Hame, 
bit of bit of controversy. Yes. You, you mentioned on last week's show, keep our eye out for the King Sport bats. Couldn't help but miss Stephane it. Stefani Taylor comes out wielding one of the mighty willows. And Kristen Beams is bowling. Yes. <laughs> the yes, bowling. She absolutely cracks it, or actually the bat cracks it. So yeah. talk us through look, game, look, what happened. Look, it wasn't it wasn't even a, a, hu- a big shot, really, was no, it? It no. was just a pretty sort of normal sort of cricket shot. Um, look, these things can happen um, with cricket bats where inexplicably they can just snap in half. Mm. And there's good reason for it. Um, not a lot of people will understand why. At the end of the day, we're using a piece of wood against yeah. a hard object that, you know, at some some bowlers can come at you at 150 kilometres per hour. So it's not surprising that bats don't break more often, but something like that obviously is a bit of a shock where it breaks in <laughs> half. Now, that is called a shake. A shake. A shake, and that's uh, a situation where... Is that um, from Arabia? <laughs> no, not that sort of shake. <laughs> Um, on the inside of the bat, there's damage that we don't know about it. So right. we can't see a crack yeah. on the outside of the bat. But on the inside of the bat, there's obviously a crack. And that can happen from the tree being felled. It can happen from lightning oh. hitting the tree. So the wood itself right. has damage on the inside, but you don't see it from the outside. So you don't know it's coming. Yeah, should x-ray the bats. Well, I think I think some airports do for various <laughs> reasons. So every now and then you, you get a situation where the hitting of the ball obviously makes the, the cracking on the inside worse and worse to a point where it just explodes, basically. Right. And so as a as a, a, a really sort of a fairly well-known cricket business, um, we see bats like that coming into the shot. You know, if we sell, you know, 10,000 cricket bats yep. a season, you will expect to see five or six come back. You don't attempt to fix them, like, do you? You can't. Sticky tape. No. <laughs> yeah, you can't. That's what we call firewood <laughs> when that happens. But yeah, it, and was it can just, happen to any bat. It has happened to, you know, um, um, Michael Carberry playing in the Ashes series yes. not long ago. Um, it happened to him with a kookaburra cricket bat, and there's a lot of um, interesting photos of that that came out. It's it's not great for the company, but I think people just got to understand that it can happen to any bat, despite the sticker that you have, despite yep. how well established or um, the quality of the cricket brand. Mm. It's just one of those things you can't see what's on the inside of the bat, and it happens every now and then. Unfortunately, for a little boutique brand like <laughs> us at Kingsgrove, I've got your name up there. Well, it. <laughs> You've got to think to yourself, you know, they say, you know, some exposures. Uh, Any exposure is good exposure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's probably not so much the case with this. But, um, yeah, it's not great for us because I think we've got three players in the the World Cup with um, Ash Gardner, Alex Blackwell and Stefani Taylor. Uh, the only one we've seen bat so far is, is Stefani Taylor. That's the right. other two batters haven't been required because of Australia have batted so well at the top of the order. Um, so it hasn't been a, a great start, but hopefully we see Alex Blackwell or Stefani Taylor come good oh, at some look, stage. I, I, yeah, I think it's I think it's good. As a cricketer, I understand that that's what happens to bats sometimes, and yep. I think it's really interesting what you've just told us about why it happens and we can't yeah. see what's inside the kind of structure yeah. of the bat. Look, look, it makes sense though, doesn't it? If oh, you yeah, sure. go to any tree and cut it open, yeah. you're going to find blemishes on the inside, yep. such as knots or yep. um, you know. 
even bugs eating into yep. to the wood, and then you've got um, other other circumstances like the tree being felled and the way it lands and yep. um, lightning. Definitely, it's very interesting. Well, as you said, Haim, a couple of other players playing for Australia that do wield the King Sport brand. Um, Ash Gardner became the first Indigenous player to represent Australia at a World Cup when she took to the field against the West Indies, which was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely wonderful to see how her star has um, risen over the last couple of years. Yeah, um, sure. She works at the, the shop at Kingsgrove. Probably won't be doing too much of that anymore <laughs> now that she is um, playing for Australia. But it is really good. She has worked very hard at her game. Some people will say that um, she's had a, a maybe a slightly easier ride. I don't think so. She's she's put the performances oh, on the that. board. She had a very, very good... Big Bash. Big Bash I, yeah. series I with the Sixers. I think she's there on her merit. Yeah. I would have her in my team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people will always say those things, mm. you know, in sport. Yeah. Um, but, you know, good luck to her. She's bowling well as well. And uh, I'm not sure whether she's going to get too much batting opportunity. Oh, well, our to top order is just on fire. Nicole Bolton, as I said, well, maiden. That's what scares me. Maiden. Yeah, well, that also is, gets a worry it too, is a isn't worry, it? It is a worry, isn't it? Yeah, Nicole Bolton's on fire. Maiden um, ODI century there, 107 not out against the West Indies. Beth Mooney, 70 in the second game. Hey, you would have been pleased with this game, I reckon, against Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, 9 for 257. Chamari Athapatu, 178 not out, is the third highest women's ODI score in history. Yeah, Belinda off. Clark is number one at 229. It's only off 143 balls as well. And Depti Sharma, 188. It was a remarkable innings. Oh, as an Aussie, we were playing against Sri Lanka, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was amazing batting. Yeah. It was as good a batting as I've seen in any form of the game, anywhere doesn't mm. matter. The sixes. That. There were five sixes. The, and, and there were, were some, uh, were some genuine sixes. Oh, yeah. Over the fence. On the full, yeah. They were some big hits. It was absolutely unbelievable batting. Sri Lanka's highest score against Australia, to put this all into perspective, was, I think, 181. <laughs> she just scored 178 not out. Mm. She, got, she, she only faced one ball of the last over, which yeah. they had an absolute shocker with. She should have been on strike. She would have ended up with 185. Yeah, and she would have beaten Sri Lanka's full-team record score against uh, Australia. Yeah. It was also the, the highest ever score against Australia. <coughs> Susie, yeah. Susie Bates held that at 122. That's mm. right. So they absolutely cleaned that up. And in reply, Australia 2 for 262 off 43.5 overs, which was a record Women's World Cup run chase. So over 500 runs have been scored in this game. Meg Lanning, 152 not out. Nicole Bolton, again, 60. Our top order is on fire. Elise Perry chipped in. Elise Perry chipped in a little bit there at the end. How Didn't bowl so well, Elise yeah. Perry, but she batted okay. Well, I thought she, I thought she bowled poorly to yeah. um, um, Adapatu, Marvin. Yeah. Marvin, I couldn't remember the name. But she started so well. Her first over, she had the ball swinging. She got yeah. an LBW third ball. Yep. And she had them hopping and jumping everywhere. She really had a good line and length. Yeah. But then she started bowling it, short yeah. rubbish. Yeah, I think, I think, story I think um, they were frazzled. And I think they, they, they're just probably not used to or prepared to bowl at, at batters just so yeah, dominant. Yeah, that yeah. are coming at them. And yeah. it's also got me, why is Villani bowling? 
So this is one of my questions. So we've got Nicole Bolton, a part-timer. She was bowling. She actually had the best figures off three overs, two for 18. Elise Villani's bowling. We've got a, I feel like we're overplaying our um, part-time bowler card. Mm. I fully agree, and I think a captain should use them every now and then to mix it up. But we're continuing to go to Elise Villani in particular and using, and I just yeah. felt our bowling was just below par. Uh, I thought we let them off the hook. Sri Lanka. We had them under yep. pressure. Yep. yep. And they bought Villani. That's and I'm right. Like, what are you doing? And it's that kind of twenty-five to forty over period where we start. We put them where Meg Lane's been putting them in, and I feel like that's where we lose our grip on the game. We have yeah. them really, uh, the run rate really low, and then that period we just let them yeah. go. You pick five bowlers, you bowl them. Yeah, they're probably within their rights to underestimate the Sri Lankans, mm. but then. One once um, she got going, they, they needed to, to keep the pressure off. Mm-hmm. They, they, they could have played that one tactically a lot better, I thought. Uh, how do you feel field? about Alyssa Healy's keeping at the moment? Oh, she, she was keeping to a lot of rubbish. So uh, you can, she's, <laughs> I, I think she's fine. I, know, I don't understand why she stands up to the stumps with shoot bowling. Oh, well, Megan Schutt's not the fastest bowler. Oh, she's a fast bowler. No, she's not really. But she's missing catches. Uh, and that helmet on her head, she can't... A couple of times the ball's gone straight up and she's like, where is it? There was an incident at Hurstville Oval where Victoria were playing New South Wales in the, in the Women's National Cricket League and she was keeping up to the stumps, I think to Sarah Ailey's bowling, and Meg Lanning was at the crease and edged it and it cracked Alyssa right in the forehead yeah. and actually travelled so far it went all the way to cover and was caught. So Meg Lanning was out of the most remarkable catch, but Alyssa Healy did not take part in the rest of the game. So I'm pretty sure that's why she's was wearing that? a helmet. Oh, yeah, but, okay. But so she, that was without helmet. Without yeah. a helmet. But the thing is, she shouldn't be standing up the stumps. She does, the girls don't dance down the wicket anyway. Well, Yeah, I, but I, when you're up to the stumps, it does stop them from Yep, it keeps them in around. their crease. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. you want to keep them back there. Especially if they're good front foot players. Oh, I rate Alyssa Healy as a keeper, and I'm, I'm pretty well, happy with Someone made the far. comment over the week that she's male or female, one of the best three wicket keepers in Australia. Yeah. I don't know. That wasn't Stuart. No, it wasn't Stuart. But I, I tend to agree. When she's in really good form, she's a brilliant wicketkeeper. I think that potentially she was put into the Australian team too early, ahead of some of our better wicketkeepers. But she has worked hard, and by rights, I think now she's yeah. Australia's number one wicketkeeper for women. I, I can. Know. I, I think can, she might have been there on her name. I can tell you. Early on, I agree, but now I think she deserves it. But I can tell you, having been around the, the New South Wales women's system there for a little bit, keeping or no keeping, her batting oh. is sublime. Yeah. And this is another thing. Can I just say, Australia bat ridiculously low. How deep does our batting line-up go? Ashley Gardner is batting at nine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's an embarrassment of riches, but the worrying factor is, is some of these girls aren't batting and they're not getting the match practice and against uh, the likes of New Zealand. Mm. And England, uh, you just wonder whether that might be a bit of an issue. Yeah. And um, finally, in game two against Sri Lanka, Belinda Vakawera was picked to replace Jess Jonathan, who had had a little bit of an injury. I was really disappointed. Sarah Ailey's name yeah. wasn't there. I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I was shocked. I was really it, shocked. It, it might be due to the fact that, like I said, we we maybe underestimated Sri Lanka, and mm. we thought you know we'll, we'll give. Belinda a game against the weaker opponent and maybe hold Sarah back for one of the the, the bigger games. 
Mm. I guess we'll wait and see. Well, we will wait and see. And there, speaking of bigger games, there is a huge game on tonight. Australia play New Zealand at Bristol. I say huge because I believe this could be a preview to the final. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. Turn it on, watch it. Unless you're Waka Eunice, who thinks that women shouldn't play 50-over cricket. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Cheer, cheer, the red and the white. Honour the name by day and by night. Lift that noble banner high. Shake down the thunder from the sky. What though the odds be great or small, stars will go in and win Sydney Swan season is still well and truly alive after a 0-6 start to their year. Many had written them off. Some sitting in the studio had written them off and the faithful have continued their march towards September. Sydney 11-19, 85 defeated Melbourne 7-8-50. Good game. Good game. I did watch it. Yeah. Yes. They played well. They fought well. They kicked. Again, they're kicking, Inaccurate. kicking so many behinds. It's like a 60s school teacher, <laughs> isn't it? At one stage, they kicked two goals, 14. Yes. And I thought, this is going to bite us in the bottom. We'd had our early chances, eight behinds straight until Luke Parker kicked that goal right on the first quarter siren. It was only the other team couldn't kick, it, kick anybody out of bed Well, either. they kicked four goals straight and then Sydney just dominated and wouldn't let them have the ball. They absolutely strangled them. But the big thing that has come out of the game is Thomas Bug and the punch on Mills. Thomas Bug, former Jewish giant, turns and strikes Swan's Callum Mills intentionally at the head. Mills is knocked down, concussed and takes no further part in the game after just four minutes. Shouldn't there be red cards in AFL? Oh, well, I think so. Yeah, well, the problem is, as in the NRL, they won't use them. Well, why? So Sydney were the team that were punished here. They lost their player for ninety-eight percent of that game. And that's what's happening in the NRL. They get away with murder. The advantage goes to the team they're playing the following week. But this incident incident was very ugly. Yeah, it was a shocker. And it seems to be happening this off off the screen stuff, which is never off the screen anymore. No. But as an outsider, in regards to AFL. It seems to be a big part of the game, and it's a, it used to be an exciting part of the game for me, but I, it's just getting a little bit boring now. I think the problem is that they had this stupid thing where they've got to, before the game even starts, they're elbowing each other and pushing and shoving and crashing into the back of people. Eventually, you do your nana and you hit somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically, if they should, if they push, shove, elbow, anything, they should just be getting 50 metres straight away. Mm. Stop them doing it. But it's happening. Oh. Carrying on like... You'd, carry, have to, you'd have to have 15. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I think a bit of push and shove is fine. They've taken out the jumper punch. I think that that was just a dis- punching disguise, which was a bit silly. Yep. And you're right, Hamer, it is becoming quite prevalent. Um, and this, the Thomas Bug punch um, was worse than the Bashahooli one from the Richmond. And I think um, a precedent has obviously been oh, set there, hasn't it? Well, that was, well it depends you know. if, if Wailud Ali and Malcolm Turnbull give him a reference. <laughs> yeah. That was controversial, wasn't it? The strike on Jed Lamb, former Swan, um, eventually earned him, earned him four weeks off. 
after the tribunal surprisingly only gave him two weeks on the account of Walid Ali and Malcolm Turnbull's character references. The AFL said, no, that's not good enough. We're going to appeal. It went back and he got four weeks. I looked at that one and, and, and Basha Hawley was kind of running away from Jed Lamb, turned back a, a little bit and with a flailing arm. It was a bit of a swinging arm, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a bit of a swinging arm, but there was a bit of intention there as well. This one looks worse. So yeah. if Basha Hawley gets four weeks, then I'm saying this Thomas Bark has got to get at least six, minimum six. He'll be buggered off. He beat me to it. He, he manned up. He manned up. At the end of the game, I don't think he had an option, did he? Yeah, he it probably was, was advised to do that, he but probably. he probably, you know, these things happen with when you you're carrying on with all this wrestling and you know, like shouldering and stuff like that. You got to snap. Like there are going to be, yeah. like Stuart said, there's going to be guys that snap, and some are going to snap worse than others. And if you're a little younger or less experienced, you're mm. going to make errors like that. Um, but we, yeah, I certainly think you know. If if they don't get tough on this, it's just going to carry on. Mm. And uh, you know the Swans could have been punished more more than the than the opposition, the Demons there. Well, the ridiculous thing was that the free was reversed because Tom Papley came in and pushed Thomas Bug over, yeah. which is absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, it's got it. They've got to get rid of it from the game. When Australia has a problem with a one punch epidemic that just this week took the life of that Melbourne surgeon, yeah. it's totally unacceptable in the AFL. We can't have it. Can't, well, I don't stand for it at all. Yeah, well, I think, you know, Australian sport in general now has, has this, um, you know, thing against violence mm. because it reflects in the, into the public, I suppose. So, you know, they, they took the biff out of rugby league and I think now a, a lot of rugby league people miss it, but I think now we all understand that it yeah. was a very uh, necessary action. And so, it, you know, we just got to get on with it and, and tidy up these sports and make yep. sure that things yeah. like this don't happen because it's occupying the media too much yep. more than the sport itself yep. Yep. and the results. Oh, and I'd, I'd much rather talk about the results and, you know, the remarkable efforts of players and remarkable efforts of teams. But on a positive note, speaking of remarkable efforts, Alex Johnson played his first AFL game uh, in the Swans NFL team yesterday in Canberra after 1,736 days on the sideline following five knee reconstructions, Oof. 12 surgeries. How many legs has he got? <laughs> He's just three. Two. <laughs> so his last senior game was in 2012 in the Swans grand final, four years, nine months and two days ago. I noticed whilst he's out, he um, knocked over a few games for South Sydney. Yeah, right? he's playing well on the wing out there. <laughs> Old lava boy. So for me, Alex Johnson, you get my play of the day because yeah. that is an absolutely remarkable yeah, well effort done. to come back from such adversity and such disappointment. Does his ACL... Gets back into training, ruptures it again, gets infection, ruptures it. Like, it's just ridiculous what he's gone through to get back. And he's back. And he kicked a goal yesterday for the Swans NFL team. So welcome back, Alex. He keeps people like you well employed. Yeah. He does. That's where you've got to give these athletes due credit is, you know, there are the harder sides of the sport where you, you have to deal mm. with injuries oh, depending yeah. on, you know, whatever your pay is and, and how much you train and stuff like that. You, you are certainly never far away from an accident that's going to put you on the sidelines. And, and, and in this is, instance, a guy has been out for so long. Five operations. Twelve operations, five knee five. reconstructions. That is 
unbelievable. Mm. All on the same leg? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I know one of the reconstructions got infected and that that's caused a number of surgeries to ensue. Mm. No fun. But no, no fun at all. But congratulations, Alex. Welcome back. And the Swans, onwards and upwards we go towards September. Mm. Still got some tough games to go, Lucy. We definitely do have some tough games to but go. But have been getting through some tough games. Yeah, yeah. we we just got to keep our um, a few get-out-of-jail-free cards. We can we can afford to lose one or two more games, and so we need to keep those for the, the likes of Geelong and GWS in a few weeks. Well, let's talk NRL. Game one on Thursday night, Hamish... The Eels 13 in Golden Point defeated your Doggies 12. Yeah, to be truthful, I wasn't very confident. I was surprised that... Well, I wasn't surprised that the Eels shot off to an early lead. I was surprised that um, the Eels kind of switched off and didn't really go Mm. for the kill and the Dogs played a little... Obviously played a little better in the second half and took it to Golden Point. And then I was absolutely ropeable that one penalty pretty much... Um, There's no penalties in Golden Point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a costly one because, I mean, Fox called it a 50-50. I suppose if you're a Canterbury supporter, it was more like a 75-25 call. But, you know, it got them down the other end of the field and uh, Mitchell Moses did the job. Yeah, I thought actually Parra were a bit unlucky earlier. They, they should have got a penalty try, I thought. Yeah. They keep going on, the commentators keep going, you've got to be 100% sure he's going to score. No, you don't. Yeah. The rule states that in the opinion of the referee, a try would have been scored. That's all it says. Yeah. And in that instance, I think as a referee, I would have said, well, yeah, he was going to score there. Truth be told, I'd have to agree with you. There was a pretty stupid play to start with. Um, Brain snap by throwing the ball. Well, throwing the ball, but then... I think it was Montoya let it go, and then he had to <laughs> for me? he had to come up with something to uh, to save the try, and it was an illegal play, and yeah, it probably should have been a, a penalty try, and he got ten in the bin for it. I, as a bulldog supporter, I was prepared to give him another ten in the bin because it was just <laughs> such a bad play, and that's the sort of stuff that's been getting the dogs off to the poor start. And that was the thing they held on through that period as well with the, um, yep. the, uh, the 12 players on the field. Yep. The doggies uh, had a truckload of possession in that second half. Oh, did they watch? The, the Eels were absolutely out on their feet. They had three times the amount of tackles that the dogs took, did in the second half. So yeah. I thought the Eels were pretty did pretty well to hang on to that and keep it at 12 all with 10 to go and then managed to keep it at that for full time to to take it into Golden Point. Mm. Yeah, my notes is uh, the dog actually at the thirty-minute mark in the half they had seventy-five percent of possession. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. That's a lot of ball. Yep. Yeah. Bevan French, he's pretty classy, isn't he? Yeah, good player. Great little drive, uh, a little chip and chase. Yeah, fantastic. You don't, you don't see a hell of a lot of that anymore, do you? No. The old, I remember the days of Steve Mortimer. He, Made it his own, didn't he? Yeah. But um, or, or Bobby Fulton would chip it, then run in the back of somebody and die. Do and the get dying a penalty. Swan, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that play. To be truthful, I missed that from the game. I agree. Bring it back. Bring mm. it back. Yeah, a tough a tough loss for the dogs. I thought they played pretty well. Mitchell Moses just put the sword in 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 Golden Point. Slots that field goal yeah, off, the, off the back of the penalty. It gave him the field position. He's getting better. 
Yeah, his last yeah. two games, his last yeah. two games have been. Yeah, he's, he's still decent. A, he actually defended fairly well. I, I, yeah. I don't think he's still worth that money. No, no, um, certainly but, not. But um, I suppose a, a lot of Parramatta supporters would say, well, he earned a bit of it the other night when he, he brought home the two points with just one kick. Yeah. yeah. And I think he and Norman are starting to work better together. It'll it's going to take, take him, a while for Take him some time. Yeah. Yep, definitely. All right. Friday night's games. The Titans, 20, defeated the Dragons, 10. Or you could look at it like Anthony Don, 12. <laughs> yes. Dragons, 10. Uh, he had a good one. Yeah. St George, they're just they're just pathetic. What the goes on? Well, the, I still can't work out why you'd re-sign your coach <laughs> and half your team halfway through the season. Everybody's just going, Phew, okay, we're right. Let's relax. Mm. And of course, and the thing is, I, I don't know if people could see. Maybe I was just some St George supporter. They get nothing from the referees. There's no fifty-fifty calls. They're all ninety-ten. Everything goes against them. They never get anything. They've lost a number of games this year through referee errors, uh, which uh, Archer has actually come out and said, yeah, we've made a mistake. But uh, how they're still in the eight is beyond me, and they won't be there much longer. Well, I was going to say, they're the fastest-moving team on the ladder, moving down. Um, But I can't see them finishing in the top eight, unfortunately. And unfortunately, I don't go overseas until (laughs) September 12th, so they can't start winning till then, and that's the semi started. Mm, A few injury woes for the Dragons. Dugan and Frizzell finishing on the bench. Well, they actually only finished with one player on the bench. There's actually this talk on Twitter that they'd they'd drag Frizzell and Dugan off to rest of the origin. Oh, I don't know. Dugan was limping around. I mean, he limps around oh, every no, game. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's the drinking game. Dugan gets, yeah, yeah. Dugan gets injured. Drink. Yeah. Jared Hayne was pretty good again. As you said, Anthony Don, three tries. In the losing side, Jack DeBellin was pretty good too for the Dragons. Yeah. So George, just, they just waste their position. They get in the opposition's 10-metre uh, area and they just take five settlers mm. and wait for a kick. But uh, they made a lot of bad options on that last tackle as well. You know, they just they are not going to do anything while ever they're playing like this, and they just continue well, to they, play like. When it. they play the one-out football, I don't think they play well. When they yeah. when they pass it and play expansive football, and spread the ball, they're so much better. And I think I, I still think they're missing one cog in the wheel. And I think potentially that will be Hunt when he turns yeah, well, up next year. Like the uh, St George supporters on Twitter. Want McCrone out? They hate him, mm. and I've got to agree. He's he comes up with uh, there might be three or four options. He'll come up with a fifth one, which nobody <laughs> ever thought of. Well, those two halves are so important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Widdop um, is one of the better halves yep. going around. Had a great game against Newcastle. Mm. Um, a little quieter than you'd you'd want him to be, I, I guess, the other yeah. night. But I suppose well, that's that's the thing when you've only got one playmaker. Yeah, exactly. You'd like to share the load yeah. a little bit. Um, now, no, St George aren't or wouldn't be the only team suffering a, a, a form slump in the history of the NRL as it goes. It's a no. long season. Yeah. Teams um, have ebbs and flows. and But it's hard to, to say, like with other teams, you can say, yeah, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be right. Mm. You know, come the end of the season, they'll be right. They'll, they'll find their form again and they'll come home with a wet sail. You just don't have that same confidence with St George, no, do you? No. no. They start off well. They get everyone's hopes up, yeah. and then the usual thing. Well, a team that doesn't ebb and flow, it seems, is the Storm. The Storm, 42, absolutely spanked the Broncos at home, 12. Who's going to beat the Storm for the Premiership? 
The only one, I, the only team would be the Sharks if they played yeah. the way they did against the the Roosters. Mm, if yeah. they if they can pull that form against um, the Storm, then they might go close. But it's just clinical, isn't it? Yeah, ah. I, I thought the Broncos had been playing well lately, and um, yeah, they just they just fell apart. I think the the Broncos without Milford are a different team. Well, no Milford, no Boyd. No Milford, no Boyd. State of origin stuff going on. Mm. Uh, traditionally, they they do lose their way a little bit during this period. Well, Melbourne have got plenty. Still, of, Melbourne you know, got plenty in that state of origin team too. Exactly, but they they've just they've got something there that they just deal with it. Bellamy's factor or whatever it is. Yeah, you're correct. The Broncos still had some good players on the field. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. It was um, you know just all one way traffic, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, we've got these Vunivalu and Addo Carr, are mm. they? Scoring some meat pies. Now, mm. Tigers, what are they doing? <laughs> like, Addo Carr is an, a great player. Is, is that Bellamy just like, right, we'll take him, we'll take him. And this is what he's done for years now. Mm. Players who sort of fly under the radar, and next thing you know, whether it's the fact that they're just playing in a unit where you've, you've got your Cronks and your, your, your Smiths and um, Slaters, and that just brings them up. Yeah. Well, uh, so you've got to have those. Uh, these guys have got pace yeah. and got some skill, but they've got to be put into a gap. Yeah. And Cronk, Slater, yeah. Smith can put you in a gap. Yeah, exactly. You, but you play with quality around you and you kind of tend to rise, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn a lot. You, you would learn so much at training just sort of being alongside the likes of Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk. And you saw Cameron Munster when he first came onto the scene. Everyone thought, oh, he's got pretty good talent. Yep. And then being around the Storm all this time, yeah, he's, he's gone a, from strength to strength. He's another one. And the wingers that they produce, and they, lo- they, they, they lose them oh, yeah. because obviously their, their market value just increases. Every time you win a premiership or you know these players come out of obscurity and then all of a sudden become try-scoring machines like they've had mm. in the past with these wingers, um, they lose a lot, but they just produce another one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was another penalty try uh, denied. The Broncos uh, in there again. Uh, Looks like, look certain to score, but nah, not going to give it. Mm. Oh, no, they put the whistle away. Well, the Sharks and the Roosters moved up the freeway yesterday to Gosford to a sellout crowd, and the Sharks prevailed 44 to 12. Okay. Yeah, it was 18. I looked at that and I like, that can't be right. It was 18 12 at half time to the Sharks, and the Sharks just scored before half time to get there. It was a real uh, arm wrestle at it first It was, half. yeah. Sharks scored first. As, as you'd expect. Yeah, uh, Sharks had their, like their points on the board first, and then a tidy try from. Um, a Latrell Mitchell break. Luke Keary kicked Daniel Tuve, put it down, and they replied straight away. And as you said, it was a game of punch-counter-punch. The yeah. Sharks scored, the Roosters scored. Yeah, the second half, different kettle of fish. Mm. Uh, the Roosters just went into their shell. The Sharks actually had chicken dinner. They went berserk out there. Um, Love Lewis. Intercept try last week ran about 70 metres. This week he's run, he's run 90 metres. Outran Latrell Mitchell to the line. I tell you what, he's got some <laughs> speed still, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and obviously, as a forward, it used to be a back. You know, yeah, he, he was probably a wing should, but he's, yeah. he's no spring chicken anymore. Yeah, the, the hamstrings were tightening up in the last, <laughs> yeah. last 10 metres, but yep. uh, he just had enough, enough uh, to get, get home. But it's um, nice to see a team play some expansive football. Yeah. And didn't Mitchell Pierce play well? Here we go. Did anybody see him there? No. 
he was on he was on the field. I, I saw I, him make I, a couple of tackles. I only saw him in the highlights, and I saw more of Kiri than I did of Mitchell Pierce. Well, that's always the case because yeah. Kiri's Kiri does all the setting up. Pierce just takes all the glory. <laughs> the bloke can't play. Laurie, he can't play. Someone who can play, Maloney. Oh, yeah. James Maloney, I think he marshaled those troops excellently. Yeah. The Sharks. Interesting topic at the moment is if Boyd Cordner's out, mm. does Maloney take over the captaincy? He's a little bit hot-headed to be a captain, I think. What about Aaron Woods? Well, they reckon yeah. he's too much of a joker as well mm. to be a captain. But I tell you what, he's got the experience. He's got the skill. He's yeah. in the middle of the action. Yeah, I'd, I'd just prefer him just to not have the pressure of that, just to sit, sit out there and sit up play. Because he's really got to add pressure. Oh, you're thinking all the time. What? Uh, what are you, why are you thinking for everyone else? Think for you yourself. Go. You're the captain. Yeah, but surely your playmakers. Who would you have? Do you all have the play. Oh, I'd, I'd put um, uh, Woods in there as captain. Mm. The mm. problem is, I suppose the like, I'd, for, I'd, forward spends so much time off the field too. Yeah. Though I'd go Josh Josh Jackson. A doggy. Is that? That's probably bias from my. Potentially. Another um, New South Wales player that was in the team last night, Jack Burt. Thought he was pretty influential in the game. Yeah. Mm. yeah Bird played well. Uh, Valentine Holmes played well. Mm. They all played well. Pretty yeah. well. Luke Lewis played well. They took that game to the Central Coast, didn't they? they the did. Roosters the took Roosters, it to the Central Yeah, because they get three people at Allianz, so they went yeah. up there and got 20,000. Yeah. It was a sellout. Yeah. I wonder if the NRL go, hmm, it's a sellout up at Gosford. Maybe I should move one of our teams up there. <laughs> nah, no, they need somebody in Perth because the, the TV channels and mm. have all that time to play with. Yep. Anyway, I keep underestimating the Sharks. I I, f- I found them play underwhelming this season, but they were so dominant yesterday. It was a masterclass well, that I think I need to respect them a I, bit more. I, I think big part of their issues have been underwhelming at home. Yeah. yeah. They've been underwhelming at home, but... I expected this game to be so much closer. They're second now? Yeah. So they've obviously been doing the yeah. job. Yeah. And uh, it's it's setting up as it was last year, isn't it, at yeah. this stage? So, but the surprising ones now are the Sea Eagles. Well, speaking of the Sea Eagles, mm. they took on the Warriors and 26-22 came home with the win. Yeah, well, the Warriors, Warriors went out 16-0 in 15 minutes. Oh, very poor start from Manly. At, uh, but that's that's the Warriors. Yeah, they played really good open football, <laughs> and they right. went. Um, no, we've had enough now. <laughs> they closed up shop. Manly yeah, DCE had had a blinder. He's knocking on there. Well, I was going to say he's, he's knocking on Kevin's door. So on. on <laughs> uh, yes, that is brilliant Actually, from just, you. It just comes straight out of my mouth. I never even thought about it. Really, that is brilliant. <laughs> Uh, there was dude. an article in Friday's paper, Darren Lockyer wrote it and said, we don't hate you, but go out there and, and have a man of match performance and the origin jersey is well, yours. Did he do enough? Well, he led them, led them to victory. He, oh, was, no, I thought, he was in everything but a, but I, a poo sandwich. I thought, I thought Blake Green was better for Manly. I, I don't get Blake Green. You don't? No. I thought he played really, really well. He did some good things. Yeah. He did some good things. I think Cherry Evans certainly put his hand up. Um, if Michael Morgan was someone that he was up against, then he certainly put his hand yeah. up as well because he had a, an absolute blinder. Look, to be truthful, Manly, they, they've they've won five five straight now. Yeah. And, you know, you, you win games off how good your, your, your backs are doing. Your forwards obviously got to push forward, but... 
Um, the best teams have really good combinations um, in the halves, and Daly Cherry Evans, I think, has has got to take a lot of kudos for that, mm. and so therefore he's got to be he's got to be in the spotlight for an Origin. And the Travoya big brothers, oh, they they're great. Uh, uh, Tom's back from his injury. He yeah. had a blinder yesterday. Jake was solid as up the up the centre. Yeah. Um, up the guts. Uh, the young Tom must be knocking on the door of Origin as well. Well, there's a few injury woes in our in our back line. Well, so. He was, in my opinion, before injury, he was there. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm. He was there. But so. I'm glad I didn't pick an injured player. Mm. Uh, picking and picking on form. Yeah, Manly really good on the edges. They got a lot of speed and a lot of tries came from spreading the ball wide. Dylan Walker, he had a rusty start, but a pretty good game in the end, I thought. And yeah, the Warriors just kind of switched off. As you said, Stu, really good start. Yep. Lots of possession early, converted that to points, and then just... The Eagles ran them down. Yeah, well, the turning point of the game was a minute before half time. The Warriors were hanging on there and just went to sleep. DCE just cut cut them into shreds up the middle and put Uwadi in under the post with seconds to go in the half. Mm. They yep. just had to make a couple of tackles. Probably would have uh, got, gone in ahead, but in, in it's the Warriors. In a positive note for the Warriors, Johnson and two of us are Shrek starting to play better yeah. rugby league. Yeah, I thought Johnson yep. had a blinder. Actually, it's a bit late. Yeah, yeah. it uh, is. And their uh, hooker, the um, Roach. Oh, oh, you can't. Uh, well, Roach played, yeah. They had an absolute blinder. Probably could have scored and he pulled a hammy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was trying to get the line. Shot by a sniper. Uh, yeah, 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 yes, the old hammy. And that, that, that killed their momentum. They looked like they are going to score from there. And yeah. they, he had to uh, get some attention and so slowed what, the game down. What's yeah. up with Isaac Luke? He's, he was injured. He was injured. Mm. So, yeah. All right. The last game. We've got to move on a bit quickly. Cowboys 31 defeated the Raiders 18. Uh, Cowboys are good, even without JT. Well, the Raiders had very little ball. And, and they, the ball they had, they just wasted with stupid passes and drop balls. And well, the Raiders shot out of the blocks. But, yeah, as you said, they, a bit of ill-discipline. Didn't complete their sets. Cowboys... Lots of possession after that, and then they and they completed seventy percent. They completed seventy percent for the first half. Yeah. That is unbelievable. And the Raiders had to make twice as many tackles. Yeah. The ball they got, they just wait like lay Lua. Like he does a couple of good things, but by God, he's, he's, a head he's case. got some mistakes in him. He's a head Well, case. he was binned for striking, so that's really poor discipline. Yeah. He has, he's got a date with the judiciary, no doubt. Yeah. He's just yeah, he's just sharp as a bag of wet cats. He really great is. pick up for the Cowboys. Tamari Martin. Oh, yeah, he's got a got a two tries on debut for the club. Him and Morgan worked worked in beautifully. They worked really well yeah. together. Yeah, you know, and and we say you know oh, it'll take take a couple of weeks. You know, with the likes of Mitchell Moses and whatnot. Geez, if that's any indication, it's taken them no time at all. Yeah. I tell you, the guy who's still he's impressed me, and he's really pushing hard for Origin is Kotrick. Your trick. 18 years old, and yeah. he just continues to score tries every week. And, it, and even he's like he takes the ball up, he breaks tackles all the time. He's yeah. solid as a rock under the high ball. He's got a clean pair of heels, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, I, I'm really impressed with him. They've got two great wingers, him, him and Rapana. Rapana, yeah. Mm. Uh, it's just as the yeah. the rest of that Raiders side could get their act together, they'd be okay. Well, Croak, I tell you, what, he had a tough game, oh. didn't he? Uh, yeah. And he is a he is a good honest footballer. Oh, and, huge yeah. hit, one yeah. after the other within the space <laughs> of seconds at the twenty minute mark. Yeah. And 
<laughs> you left the field. So it was a big loss for the Raiders. Yeah, it's like like the old surfing days where you paddle up through a wave and you get hit by a wave and you get on your board and, oh, another one. Generally, <laughs> it's the next smashed. wave that's, yeah, they come in sets. And, anyway, um, that's, uh, look, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. But the Raiders just underwarming at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. They're not doing enough for me. Ricky Stewart. It's mm. happening. <laughs> it's happening. Couldn't coach a pick and they re, dirty. They, re, they re-signed him, didn't they, just yeah. recently? Oh, he's a local boy. He, they he, love him. He, he got them into the, the top eight last year, and that was um, pretty good because yeah, they... Yeah, he set up the play really well. <laughs> anyway, um, things are happening there going south, I suppose, for the Raiders. So yeah. They already yeah, are was, south. It was below zero with kickoff. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> did you see um, Finchy? Oh, poor Finch. Did not look a happy camper on the sidelines. He's very cold, Finch. Well, there's two games to go. The Knights take on the West Tigers today in what's been advertised by the NRL as Battle for the Wooden Spoon. That's a bit mean. <laughs> and the Rabbits taking on the Panthers to finish off the round. You're listening to the Sunday Sports Wrap. And joining us to talk about their clash up against the Wyong Roos yesterday from the Newtown Jets, Stu McCarthy. Good morning, Stu. Good morning, team. How are we this morning? We're pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I can't help but be somewhat philosophical, I must confess, this okay. morning. Um, I know if if you were looking at the scoreline, first place 48, 11th place 14, mm. um, oh, God, the Jets got hammered. And in the end, we did. But... Uh, if you actually saw the game yesterday, you know, the Wyong are first for a reason. They've only lost the one game all year. June 30 deadline hasn't been kind, nor injuries. We mm. went with a very experienced, inexperienced team. And halftime was 24-6 their way, and that was a fair indication of the difference between the two sides. But come the start of the second half, we had to be the first to score, and we managed to get some repeat sets and, and put some pressure on them, and all of a sudden they started to make some errors, which they didn't do in the first half. And we got a try in the 46th minute, which made the score 24 to 10. We scored again in the 51st minute, which made the score to you know 24 14. Again, you know they were, they were starting to get the wobblies, and we were starting to get some momentum. And again, on the back of about 75% possession, we got a couple more repeat sets. And then in about the 15th minute in the second half, uh, Alec Bush, who was on debut at number nine for us this year, uh, first time he started. Crashed over from dummy half and he got within oh, centimetres of putting the ball down. The referee thought about giving the try for a second and then, and then didn't. And that would have got the score because it was next to the post. That would have got us back to 24 to 20. Mm. And with all the momentum, you know, who knows? But um, unfortunately, that's a question we'll never know because in the end, they um, they managed to get some you know possession back and we, we gave away a penalty. They got upfield and... And they scored in about the 61st minute, and that, in fact, you know, blew the score out to 30 to 14. And in the end, you know, their, their class showed in the last 10 minutes they started to play some really expansive footy, and you know, we made some errors, and, and they scored, you know, three tries in the last 10 minutes, which blew the scoreline out. But you know, pivotal moments in the game, it, it, it could have been a different story, but in the end, you know, their, their class won out, and. Um, yeah, you know, our boys tried really hard, and I, I don't think the scoreline was a fair indication of the effort, but possibly a, 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 an indicator of you know, the, the difference in, in, in the fortunes of the two teams at this point in the season. Mm, well, given the circumstances, I guess quite a few positives to come out of this clash. 
Um, there, there were some positives, Stu. Um, yeah, again, you know, Wyong just, they've got a big forward pack. They play a very direct game of football, which is, is always troubled us in, in recent times, to be honest. They, they get over that ad line, and, and their hard Mitch Cornish, he's a class above this level of footy. And when he gets some space, and you know, he just controlled the game beautifully on the back of that. Um, you know, and across the park, they just had a bit too much for us. But I mean, Jesse Ramian, he's been the find of the year, I suppose, for us this year. Um, he's a he's a kid out of the uh, Cronulla twenties, uh, New South Wales under twenties, Australian under twenties. He gets better every week. Um, <laughs> the bad news though is we're probably going to lose him back to the twenties at some point. You know, in the, in the next couple of weeks, because you know they're on they're on track to win a premiership this year. So, but yeah, he'll be in the system you know next year as well. So he's been a positive. Ruben Rennie came across to us from Mounties. This week, and, and he you know, looked impressive on Debu. I mean, again, in, in recent times, we've lost Dan Mortimer, we've lost Manai mm. um, Sherrington, Jordan Drew went back up to Queensland, James Tuatai, he's gone to Blacktown, uh, Penny Manamalele uh, decided to kind of pull up stumps. So, you know, that on top of, you know, a long term injury to Matt Evans, and we're down on troops. So, but, you know, the boys tried hard. Uh, they really did. Um, we had a young guy, Lane Fernley, on Debu from, from the 20s. He's only 18, so it was a, a a big initiation for him, you know, playing on TV in, in front of, you know, that crowd and, you know, against, you know, the, the team coming first. So he'll be better for the run. And Kurt Dillon, our fearless leader, he's, you know, his formal season's just been outstanding in the middle. You know, he, he never stops. So, and then actually Kurt Cara, uh, who's coming up to his 150th game for the Jets, he slotted into 5'8". Um, he's normally a hooker back rower, but, yeah, he, he had a really strong game uh, yesterday and, and really led the way. So... Who knows, we've got a couple of buys coming up. We've got Wentworth on home next week. We can kind of somehow jag a win there. We're kind of back in the frame. So we've just got to keep turning up for each other. Mm, we're, about to, and, we're about to sitting on the ladder now, Stu. Oh, mate, we wouldn't be any higher than 11. So we didn't win yesterday. And, you know, the Tigers got dusted by Newcastle. So we're three points ahead of them. But, you know, we're probably, you know, a couple of wins away from, you know, eight or even higher. So um, I dare not look at the ladder at the moment. <laughs> um, but we're, we've just, yeah, again, we've just got to try and win some games. And again, we've got five of the last six games at home. Um, hopefully, the Blue Bags faithful will continue to turn up. And it, it's a really close competition. So mm-hmm. a few things go our way, and you know the season's not gone yet. So um, we're, everyone's remaining positive. The spirit in the camp's really, really good, actually. Um, so just got to make sure it continues to to be that. And Matto's just got to come up with the best team he can pick out of what we've got available. And and we'll see how we travel. Well, it looks like uh, I'm going to have to um, have a bet with Lisa and say, I've got $200, says you can't make the eight, and that'll get you there for sure, because I've done it with the, dra- with the, uh, uh, the swans. Uh, <laughs> 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 right, okay. Well, if you've got the coin, I'll happily go your house. Stu, you mentioned the, the big injury to one of your players last week, the dislocated elbow. How, how is he? Yeah, prognosis bad. Um, the, the, the damage was so severe in his elbow in the, the in the fracture that uh, or it popping out that it, it did untold damage to the ligament. So mm. it's at the worst end of the spectrum. Unfortunately, it didn't get put back into eleven o'clock last Sunday mm. night. I think I might have mentioned that. But to be honest, it was the initial impact that kind of did the damage. So it didn't really matter apart from him being in untold pain during mm. that process. Yeah, so is. he's out for eight weeks. And yeah, you know, again, if if we can somehow make the finals, we, we might see Matty Evans. Um, um, but otherwise, you know, it's, uh, his season's done and dusted, which is a real shame because he was playing the best football of his life this year. Uh, so not much luck on that front either. So, um, But um, we might... Uh, there, there might be... Uh, there, I know there's been a signing at Cabramatta uh, this week, which I won't talk about at the moment, but uh, 
fairly popular ex-blue bag is uh, potentially back in the system. So yeah. watch this space through that one. So uh, Chickamore's back, is he? Intro- Sorry? Chickamore's back, is he? No, <laughs> uh, no, not Chickamore. Chicka Ferguson. <laughs> uh, not, not Chicka Ferguson. No, someone a bit more recent in our history, but... Uh, yeah, based on where we're at, uh, I, I dare say this uh, this gentleman might come into the frame in the next couple of weeks if he uh, if he plays okay for Cabramatta. Sounds like it could be handy. Well, they're all handy at this point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Stu, it's been a pretty tough season, but you guys are always in there with a smile and hanging in there trying to get that win. So thanks for joining us again this morning, and uh, hopefully we'll have some good news next week. Yeah, back at home next week versus Wendy Magpie, so 3 o'clock, Henson Park. Hopefully the sunshine will be out and uh, it's always a good afternoon at the uh, jewel in the crown of rugby league grounds, as Johnny Lynch always says. Absolutely. So, uh, thanks, guys, for the support and uh, it's on again next week. All righty. Yeah. Sounds great. We'll catch you then, Stu. Thanks for joining us. See, See you, mate. Guys. Thank you. Bye. That was Stu McCarthy from the Newtown Jets. We're going to take a quick break and come back and can wrap I, the Just show. before we do, can yes. I ask you why you do that with him? She's eating a mandarin. <laughs> she holds it up as like she said... Body of Christ and puts yeah. it in her mouth. I think she's looking for pips. I am. Thank you. My, I get oh, bag- X ray vision. I get bagged out about this at work too. I don't think it's that unusual. My grandma, uh, my nana, taught me this when I was a kid how to eat a mandarin. I guess she didn't want me to choke on the, on the seeds. And so you hold it up to the light and you can see whether there's a seed in it, which go. is really handy because if you're in a real hurry or you're really hungry, you can just throw it in and not worry about the seed. Yeah. But if there's a seed there, you know where it is. You just kind of bite near it, spit it out and throw it back in. You just put it in your mouth and then you feel the seed. No, then because you then you're wasting time doing that. Oh. So we've got a song by Gladys Knight and Pips. <laughs> This is the Sunday Sports Wrap. To finish it off, we've got a few bits and bites. Michelle Payne. She's in a world of pain, isn't she? Yes. So she got uh, prescribed this stuff and she owned up and said, "Okay, I should know what I'm putting into myself, but why is the doctor prescribing it to her? So Michelle Payne tested positive for a banned substance, which is an appetite suppressant, phentamine. Received a four-week ban, and as you said, Stu, she's taken full responsibility for it and was prescribed it by a doctor after that massive fall she had a couple of months ago where she had a lot of internal bleeding and it ruptured her pancreas. And so um, as a result, so your pancreas is is lots to do with insulin and all that sort of stuff and your, your hunger and things like that. And as a result of the injury sustained to it, the doctor um, said that, she gets really hungry a lot more often than than normal now because of the damage. She's a jockey; they don't do <laughs> more than usual for for Michelle, and so they prescribed her this drug. And unfortunately, as Michelle said, she should have been more aware of what she was putting in her mouth. So, why would a, a hunger suppressant be a banned substance? What what possible help could that give well, the, somebody well, for a the jockey? Jockeys, it's all about the weight. You got to ride. Okay, it a so are they going to they going to ban them from having saunas? No. I don't understand. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Are they banning them from going on diets? Yeah. But I suppose it's something they're putting into their yeah, system it's, it's, in order to... It's a synthetic drug. It's something that... Yeah, it's, it's not, not done it's naturally. Not, it's, not it's not a natural stronger. thing. It's not a steroid or anything. Yeah, but it's giving them an advantage of not I being just, hungry. I, I, I don't understand in this day and age how the doctor obviously knows he's dealing with a, a well-known athlete. I guess, or sports person, mm, mm. do you do research. research and get it right? Yeah, I'd sue the doctor. <laughs>
nevertheless, as we said, Michelle's taken full responsibility and will be sitting on the sideline for four weeks. Another person sitting on the sidelines, Stu. Nat Medhurst was not named this week in the Australian netball squad. Yeah. Is that the end of her career? I'd say so. The looks of things. Where's it? Let's, let's get Annie on the phone. Hang on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, obviously they've um, they're going for the, the new generation of players. Yep. And um, a lot of players have been rewarded for good efforts in the SunCorp Super Netball. Liz Watson, Joe Weston. In the quad series, uh, also Tegan Phillips was named, as well as Courtney Bruce. Well, she was named in the Constellation Cup team as well. I don't understand why they've named two different squads. Well, usually the the, the quad series is not as, I don't want to say serious because they're both serious, but usually the quad series, they seem to blood a few younger players and give them opportunity to be in and around the um, Australian Diamonds and then the Constellation Cup, which is only versus New Zealand, which is, they take that very seriously, that one. And so that's probably the cream yeah. of our crop there. Yeah, I was, must be, I was surprised uh, that. Uh, Susan Pettit got into the constellation. Likewise, is she is she in there as a wing attack or as a goal attack? Yeah, if you're going to you're going to go with somebody like that, you, why wouldn't you have uh, Nat Medhurst? Mm. Anyway, it was been it's interesting. been interesting. Yeah, yeah very very. We got Gretel Tippett in the in the quad series, but she's not in the constellation cup team. Mm. Oh well, watch this space. Wimbledon kicks off tonight in its 140th year at the All England Club. The strawberries are ripe, the pims is stocked, and the whites are soaking in nappy sand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we're going to go. I know how John Millman's going to go. Yeah, poor old John Millman. He's up against Rafael Nadal in round one. <laughs> Ooh, talk about copying the, the poor end of the draw there. Our highest-ranked uh, players for the women's, Daria Gavrilova. She's seated at 20 and will take on a qualifier, so that's probably the best news. Ash Barty's up against it. She's also up against the fourth seed, Alina Spitalina. Nick Kyrgios is our highest-ranked male. He's seated at 20 and he's up against Pierre Hughes-Hilbert. S- some sort of injury thing going on at the moment? Oh, oh. Yeah, he's got a brain injury. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's hard to say with Nick what's going on, what's legit and what's not, but yeah. it's um, it's a tough road. All our other male players are up against seeded players, except for Andrew uh, Whittington, but um, yeah. I think he's... He's still to be established, uh, yeah, to be advised who he's going to play is probably... Uh, Thiago Montiero. Oh. So um, I haven't heard of that player so, either. So, so let me get this right. In Wimbledon, in this day and age, we have only two seeded players players That's playing. correct, yeah. That's well, Sam Stowe's is out with an injury. Yeah, so that so would have, that would have been three. That would have been three. Um, That's it's a sad state of Strength of, of Australian tennis, isn't it? Well, yeah. we used to dominate grass, right? We mm. were grass lovers yeah. in this country yeah. when it comes to in tennis. all sorts of things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just tennis. Far out, man. There's the stompy womper surfer dude <laughs> coming out in Stewie. That's right. Uh, far out, super cool and <laughs> insane, man. The women's number one seed is Angelique Kerber from Germany. Number two, Simona Halep from Romania for the men's. The number one seed is Andy Murray from Great Britain. Well, he's really a Scot, but England will claim him for this next two weeks. And uh, number two seed is Novak Djokovic, who doesn't traditionally do so well on grass. But uh, he was in a final overnight. I'm not sure if he won that one. I think he needs to listen to more Pink Floyd. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that happened overnight is the Le Tour de France got underway. As our former host used to like to name it, Chafe de Bull. Chafe de Bull, yeah. Well, it began overnight. (laughs) 
We're stage one leaving from Dusseldorf in Germany. That's not in France. They always start them in weird places. There was a time it started on the it's Isle like of the Man. It's like the Queensland origin. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> it started with a, with a time trial. Stage one winner was Geraint Thomas. Um, and it, we'll get on in earnest. There are 21 stages, including five mountain stages. It takes them over 3,540 kilometres in total. And last year's winner, Chris Froome, is the favourite to go back to back. Is this is this something either of you have followed in the past? I don't mind it. Really? I, l- I like watching the scenery. Oh, okay. And usually there's I some don't... chaotic something yeah. event happens that yeah. makes just makes me yeah. laugh. I just like people that run out in the middle of the road, take a photo and get run over. <laughs> Last year there was a few incidences where the motorbike broke down and knocked all the yeah, bike riders like over, they... or the inflatable uh, markers deflated on top of the of the riders. Um, so some some funny things tend to happen in Le Tour de France or the Chef de Ball. I think some funny things tend to happen <laughs> away from the cameras in cycling. Lots of it happen. Yeah. And just very quickly, we mentioned it last week, the America's Cup has been won by New Zealand. Oh, how good is that? Absolutely flogged America. So now they get to choose who, what, where and when the next America's Cup will be. They're going to race them in rowboats in Auckland Harbour. (laughs) Big day today if you're a lover of the fighting or the boxing, Manny Pacquiao versus Horn. It'll be just about, what time are they fighting on the Arvo? I think it starts, something starts at 11, but I imagine that was going to be the warm-up and the Pre preview all that. Horn had to drop three three or four kilos overnight to make way in, and then they'll say he'll put on another six or seven and be uh, at that weight for the fight. It's a funny thing, this boxing. It's ridiculous. And just very very quickly before we go, our friend Aaron Royal has started his lap for lives and is doing marathon number four today. So good luck to him. Good on you, Aaron. Alrighty, we are done. We're out of here. Say good day to us on Facebook. Find us on Mushka. Listen to us all over again, and we will catch you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye.